dripping clocks and penguins to you all. Good day. It's me again, Stu Simpson. Welcome back to the Stu Simpson Show. I wonder how people get started in art. Well, mine was a very long journey, and I've met some very interesting artists along the way. One of them is a man called Martin John King. He makes my tank tops and other knitted garments which I wear. So I thought Martin's in his third year of a fine art degree. Maybe people want to find out what it takes to get started in the art world. Here's what Martin had to say about his journey so far. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in once again to The Stu Simpson Show. And today's guest on The Stu Simpson Show, we've got Martin John King, a very old friend of mine. Well, not that he's old. Just we've been friends for a very long time. <laughs> Martin, how are you today? Very good. How are you? I'm all right. Uh, well, actually, I'm very much enjoying the weather. So um, it's a shame that we can't podcast outside right now. So much nice effort. Um, <laughs> I had like a mic and we were meeting up somewhere, maybe on a film set, because that's how we do know each other. We met on, I actually can't remember what the film it was we first met on, but we've been on a few together. Can, can you remember what the It wasn't Jack the Giant Killer, was it? I think we met before, or before. No, we definitely do meet before that, because we did uh, uh, the, the one where you played Rog, uh, that com the oh, romantic comedy. Um, I give it a year. Yeah. yeah, I quite liked it. It got kind of panned, but I quite liked the film. So, it wasn't anyway. on Richard the Second, was it? No. Oh, it might have been. Might have been the whole crowny thing. I don't. I don't know why they called it Richard the Second, but I don't mm. know. It had David Suchet in it and other actor, the one that was John Luke Picard. What's his name? Oh, um, Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart was in it as well. Yes, and, and he winked at me. I was rather chuffed. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, Patrick Stewart winked at me. And uh, for people who don't know, Martin is my maker. <laughs> not, like, not like my dad. <laughs> he makes, oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you make my clothes occasionally. So you've knitted me a couple of tank tops, and they're my favourite articles of clothing. Yeah, yeah so you, you're a creator in lots of different ways. Uh, and you're on your third year of a fine art degree at university. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, University of Three weeks that, left. That is exactly why I want to talk to you today, because um, you're at the beginning, in a sense, of your art career going out into the world. But obviously, long before university, you started art in, in elsewhere. You've always been making stuff, haven't you? Um, yeah, definitely. I want to find out, where did it all begin? I guess when I was a lot younger, I used to enjoy just drawing celebrities and, you know, faces, basically. I was very interested in drawing eyes and, and you kind of link the face onto the eyes. I found that the eyes were the most important thing on a face. Because once you got those right, the rest of it, you could almost get a little bit wrong and it would still look like that person, so... Uh, I was just very interested in in um, getting likenesses to characters and things like that. So that's kind of like when I was quite a young age, and then I kind of became into interested in craft, um, scraper boards, um, quilling, all sorts of things like that. So that's kind of where it all started, and it just built up from there, really. And what what age did you decide? Right, I'm going to go do this at university. Oh. Three, three years ago, pretty much. It, it was it was a bit of a whirlwind, really. Uh, my friends um, had, one of my older friends was suggesting I should do an art class, and um, I decided to look into it, see what was available, and I went to, um, there's a place in St. Albans that does art, and I had an interview there, and I didn't feel quite right about that, and then I had applied to join, do the degree, 
University of Hertfordshire, a fine art degree, and I went along uh, to an interview, um, and the head of the year looked at my work, so I had to put forward a, a um, uh, what's the word, portfolio of my work, uh, and he had a look at it all, and he said um, I belonged in an art school, and he offered me a place there and then. And literally, when I left the building, I in the evening I had uh, applied for student finance. The next morning it was accepted. That day I resigned from my job, and three weeks later the call started, and I was on it. So it was it was a real whirlwind and a bit of a shock as well. But I feel like I had to do something to change the direction I was going in work-wise. I wanted to do something to completely change it and give me a better chance with jobs and better paid job and stuff like that and something a bit more enjoyable. So I just, the chance and here I am, really. Well, it shows that life can turn on a sixpence, can't it? So... You can change it, yeah. You can change it at any age. There's people on my course who are a lot older than me that are even part-time are still doing it. You know, there's never an end to when you can do it. So you, would you recommend doing a fine art degree to, to anybody? Yes, I would. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're into fine art, you know, if you're into some art with, I mean, there's many different courses. There's a craft course, craft and design sort of, and there's a model making course and there's a graphic design course. Fine art, I feel can have lots of different elements of art that you can put together. It's not specifically just one thing. That's what I liked about it. My artwork's never just been one thing. I've dabbled in lots of different things. And that's kind of what you do in the fine art degree. You're kind of let loose a lot more. You get to um, just explore your own persona and put that into your work. You can do on other courses, but I feel like you're more free to do that on this course, I think. So I, I really would recommend it. it. It does change your viewpoint on the fine art. So there's a multidisciplinary approach to, to to creating which i find fascinating and and i think that's the way it seems to be the way at least since the 90s that the fine art world has gone since like the the yb is which are probably now ob is <laughs> the young british artists like the tracy emmons and martin creeds and they all went off and did their own thing and tend to change the art world and it changed the way we look at fine art in all and still to this day you still you so you can see i seem to have a couple of different camps of people going that's not art. That's just nonsense. Uh, yeah. and, and then you get other people who will embrace all of the different aspects and kind of just love to explore. And I feel as if you're somebody who is a bit of an explorer in the fine art world. I mean, I began by feeling like, oh, that's a load of rubbish. I began like that. But th through this course, I've completely changed my opinion. Whereas before, I would, I would look at a portrait and think that's absolutely amazing. Now I look at a portrait and think that's... There's no, it's a bit boring because you're just drawing what's there. There's no creative, there's no individuality. It's, it's just what's there. And so I, I'm more fascinated now with people's expressive um, artworks that they make. Yeah, it is completely changed my opinion, really. So has a fine art degree opened you, your opinions up, opened you to seeing art and seeing the world in a much more wider range, perhaps? Yeah, definitely. My, uh, what happened was we were shown by one of my tutors at the beginning, the first year, uh, a Mondrian painting, and we were asked what we could see in it, and I couldn't see anything. And then when it was described what it was supposed to show, I suddenly saw what what was being talked about, what, what my tutor said, what it was about, and I, I could see it then in the painting. Uh, and that completely opened my eyes to actually, when you're looking at a painting, rather than looking at it and thinking that's 
that's rubbish or that's terrible. If you look closely into it, you can see so many different things. It's just amazing. And that, that kind of like, just, just that one, one event, that one painting completely changed my opinion. That opened my eyes. Now I see so much in people's work and than I ever did. Was this anything deeper than just seeing it with your eyes? Or was it, did you feel something? Because I think that's what's an important part of that transition between just looking at a painting. Because um, for me, for example, my favourite, one of my favourite paintings of all time is one of the Sunflower series by Van Gogh or Van Gogh or Van Gogh, depending how you pronounce it. Because there's something that you, there's a feeling which comes off of that, which I can relate to from something which I've been through. And it's something that you you can't necessarily put your finger on. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, a lot of um, a lot of my my when I describe people's work, it does come from emotions or how it's making me feel. Definitely, so I do I do get emotions and feelings of things. Painting that I like, which is uh, called Seaport and the Embarkation of the Queen of Sheba, uh, and um, it's one of my favourite paintings because it's just you stand uh, in the National Gallery. Um, all the way across the hallway and you can see at the end, at the very end, and it's just got a sun, sun rising in it and it's just so bright and it just draws your attention to it and it's just makes, makes me feel really good that painting. So that's one of my favorite paintings. So who are your favorite artists then? My favorite artists. Well, I've had a few that have been with me from the, or well, one that's been with me from the beginning, which is, um, Fiona Ray. Um, because I like, she's a painter, but she uses like little dog objects and different methods of painting in her paintings. She puts it all together like it's almost like a large of different things, but she doesn't say it specifically about anything. But I just like the juxtaposition of the different styles of painting, the different objects that re that really drew my attention. Then I got onto looking into people like Nick Cave, who creates sound suits made out of found objects. Uh, and performs in them and they're very nice and colorful but there's a deep-seated um sad reason as to why they're made they're to do with, with riots and people being killed race riots and people being killed because of their race things and uh so it draws people in and brings them to a deeper understanding of what's really underneath uh but just recently with my performances i've been looking at charna morton i don't know if you've heard of her but she's a performance artist she began by creating a costume and thinking about how, uh, what kind of character would wear that sort of costume. She created a character through her own um, anxieties and uncertainties and longing, and it's kind of autobiographical. So she's on a spiritual quest as this character, and she puts herself in objects and different things like that. And I've kind of been, I was inspired with my own work to do similar things, and I have put myself in objects and created different costumes and characters and also the other the artist Rachel McLean who creates uh, almost like parodies of things that are going on in the world like technology and stuff like that and I was looking at an interview with her and she likes to make people feel scared and there's sort of a self-destructive element to her uh, uh, performances and I feel like it's giving a warning to us not to become these characters or to to make us aware of what's really going on uh but that she does it in a fun comical and playful way and that's kind of what i did trying to do this year with my work or this semester with my work i make make it fun and comical but there's a there's a um anxiety and a, 
a sadness almost to it and an uncomfortability to it. And I quite like getting people to feel extreme emotions in my work. Then if they have, they do feel like that, then I know that my work has done what it's supposed to do. You've got three weeks left until your final piece. So tell us a bit, because you've just explained what your inspirations are. I'm assuming there's a bit of performance art involved in there and some costume making perhaps. Can you just explain a little bit more what your final piece for your degree is going to be? Well, I have three videos. One is I impersonated uh, a famous poet called Dame Edith Sitwell. She did an interview with the BBC in nineteen in the 1950s. And I impersonated her and had it like kind of played an interviewer and interviewed her. And that is going to be uh, on a screen, which I have made a 1950s television face around the screen that looks like you're looking into the past. And my second video, I did a yoga video. I, I became interested in this man called Bob Proctor, who does these meditation videos on YouTube. And there was one where he was just saying, totally relaxed, totally relaxed. And, and I kind of thought, Oh, I quite like to incorporate that in the video and I bought a bodysuit and, um, I started doing this in front of a green screen yoga, but really, really badly on purpose. I was nearly falling over and stuff like that. And then with the voiceover of you're totally relaxed, totally relaxed over the top of it, but then it all gets worse and I start really falling about and the voice is going totally relaxed, totally relaxed, totally, totally relaxed. Because it's kind of like a play to how in lockdown we've every morning people have been doing these exercises on these videos as people have been doing. Uh, and that although you're doing these exercises, you're still anxious about being stuck at home and not being able to go out. So I was kind of playing on the fact that you're trying to calm down, but you're kind of getting more anxious. So that's that video. And, and because I, the background I made, I found uh, a background of a dojo, a Chinese dojo. I made a screen to go around the television. So it looked like you're looking into a window through what's going on. Mm. So that's my second piece. My third piece, I'm coming out of a box and running around outside free and that's kind of a play on the fact that when we come out of lockdown we'll be free and we can run around and so that and that's just going to be projected on the wall because it's in the outside so i thought if i have it on the wall it's almost like you're looking to the outside where the other things are inside there's kind of like a past present and future element to my work the past is damien to sit well there's the present is the yoga thing and the future is coming out the box and running around i'm free hooray actually i've been much i've felt more free being locked up it's an odd and, I, and it's interesting as a how we as artists sort of address these issues and how um yeah i've I, i've addressed it through music recently but not really specifically through any performance or any because my my performance has gone uh, through uh, one of my characters harold donald foreman my, my comedy thing which is kind of went up a little foreshoot that's not even a word um yeah an offshoot that's the one uh so yeah so he's that's an interesting kind of element because you're also an actor as well yes, i, I yeah. believe so yeah what's what do you think the difference between performance art and performing arts is for you performance art is 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 more express expressive of my own personal feelings and thoughts and uh what's going on and what i want people to know Whereas performing arts, you're performing an already preconceived character, an idea. You're performing it of someone else's work, not your own, a character that isn't one you have created. 
and separate to you that you are making up, which I do enjoy being characters that are, are completely different from me. It's kind of like a, a relief and escape from being me for a while, whereas I feel like performance art is an expression of yourself and your feelings, what's going on with you. And even though you can take on a character, there's always going to be elements that you put in about yourself. Whereas with, with performing arts, it's a character that's been created. You have to play it the way it's written or the way it's supposed to be. There's no kind of, there's not, unless you write it yourself, there's not as much freedom, I think, performing arts as there is in performance. So performance art can be read and used in different ways. One of my favorite performance artists is uh, Lee Bowery and he yes. has pushed things and very and influenced the world of performance art and performing arts as such in dragon and in its normal culture. Uh, just the way we are today. I mean, art has changed everything and it continually changes everything in the way we perceive through the way we use media. Uh, and so the, when you go back to painting and drawing and writing, all those things have changed the world as we go. And now social media is a massive part of how we see ourselves, how we show ourselves and certain programs like the circle, for example, people can catfish and pretend to be completely different people. And you can literally become somebody else and, and people that are doing it as we're speaking right now on the, on the internet, they're, pretending to be someone what is real and what isn't real and that's what, what a beautiful thing that and scary thing that art can do we can represent different facets of who we are in our psyche if for example you were going to create a character who would be as an art piece and what would you want that person to be and how would you go about presenting them it could be a man a woman anything you want something in between all of that um i wouldn't want to uh, i like to create characters that you don't know whether they're female or male they're just just blank character with no face so i i, I like buying a bodysuit so i've always done that through this degree and attaching objects to the bodysuit to represent some form of character but not actually show it as being a man or a woman i, I like the idea of so it's non-binary yeah just being a um a character but you being more immersed into what what's happening with the character rather than what the character looks like almost what experiences they're having and what's going on around them and what they're getting involved in and things like that i like i like that aspect hiding my identity from it and it not being about me but being about what's what the work is about so in my second year i created a character where it i'm the created masks i quite like creating masks as well relating to objects and I did a whole piece on trees and how we needed oxygen from trees so I created these masks using bark and things like that twigs and bark and then I performed in them uh and wearing a brown bodysuit which I've covered with bark as well just to try and get people's attention to the fact we need more oxygen in the environment and I just like to create a character based on something that's happening at the moment so that's like the, the crazy, the blue costume that falling about in the yoga thing was, it is, it's just kind of a bit based on what's going on either in my life at the time or in the world at the time. I, I kind of play on that with, with characters. I like that, that idea of doing that. So there's a political element to your work as well in that sense of that 
environment is very. Been. Yeah, I think mm. there has been all the way along. I, I've never really thought about it, but actually, when I've been performing it and at the end of it, it, it has has come across that there's a political element to what I'm doing. I'm not so sure whether there is at the moment. I guess I am discussing without probably subconsciously discussing what's going on at the moment, but I'm kind of doing it in a comical way because we need humour at the moment, I think. But I have been told, you know, to be careful that it doesn't become just comedy and not and uh, away from being art to being comedy. But uh, I, Comedy is I, art. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, I think that um, Rachel McLean's work is, is quite funny, but it's still, perform- still performance art. So I think there is room for comedy in, in art, really. Art should represent all different emotions, whether it's confusing, comedy, love, sex, happiness. Otherwise, write a book. <laughs> that's, that's always that's, that's always been my, my approach to, to, to fine art in any sort of way, is that basically if you can't, it's, it's communicating something which can't be said in words. So yeah. if you can say it in words, then say it in words. Use use the best tools to your um to that that are available to you to to communicate something. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Yeah, definitely. Um, I have used different elements, different emotions, and that throughout the years. What I've, what I've been going through, and just there has always been, a, to a degree, an element of comedy and silliness and slapstick and surrealism and to all my to my all my pieces, especially the performance pieces. Anyway. Or anyway, the character piece. So, what would you like to happen after your degree? What's your five-year plan? <laughs> I'm joking. Oh, I had to do a five-year plan. Did you? Have, did you really? Yeah, I had to do a five-year plan. I don't. I don't. Not a big fan of five-year plans. No. Really, just don't know. I, I just said I wanted to work in the arts, uh, the UH arts team at the University of Hertfordshire, but uh, which I would love to. I really would love to. Something. I, I guess my ideal lifestyle would be to carry on doing the arts, carry on doing the filming. Uh, and carry on doing uh, Reiki because I'm a Reiki healer as well. Um, I want to do Reiki too so that I can start having always running it as a business. Now, I do send I do send a lot of, and do a lot of Reiki people at the moment, but I'm not allowed to charge because I haven't done Reiki too. So I kind of want to do Reiki too. So all those three things would be a, my perfect lifestyle, really. So explain to our listeners what Reiki is. Oh, Reiki is healing. So you uh, basically bring up um, an energy through the earth and it goes through you, through your hands into another person To You can't say that you can heal people's illnesses or anything like that, but it at least makes you feel calm and relaxed. I've tried it on headaches and various different pains and it's always, I've always had great feedback from it. Even sceptical people that have laughed at it, I've tried it and they've been really shocked at how it works. Is this a spiritual belief to do with like chakras and moving energy and that sort of thing? I mean, there is an element to that. I guess it depends how you read it yourself. Yeah, there is, is chakra and energies and there's different types of healing as well. Many, many years ago in my twenties, I was told by a psychic that I'm a healer and I hadn't really thought about it at that point, but I practiced it. Um, at that point and people I was getting good feedback then before I'd even done Reiki about 20 years before I did Reiki and then it's something I've been wanting to do ever since and just one year I decided I'm just going to do it and so happy that I did because I really enjoy doing it and I've healed my own headaches and stomach aches and god knows what with Reiki and do you think the Reiki might actually come up become a part of your artwork or your performances at some point Could yeah it's possible I think not something I've really touched on at all in my performances or something I'd really thought about. But yes, I guess it could in, in future work. But I, um, I'm an artist that likes to 
create things as well that I'm, when I'm performing, I like to create objects and props to go in the film or around the film. And I guess that's also putting myself into it and attaching it to performance and as it's all one thing. Like I was asked recently, going back to um, my final pieces, making the screen, I was asked by a tutor, why didn't you just get it all laser cut out? But I, I just felt like that if I immersed myself into making the whole thing, elements of my persona were then also in that object. Like there's a certain wonkiness to everything I make. I've no idea why it's wonky. It always ends up wonky, everything I make. Uh, and I'm told that it's like a um, playful wonkiness that um, I create and which is unique because no, it's just part of me. I don't know. Maybe I'm just wonky. I don't know. Nit, I think, I think you're quite a natural person. Nit, nature's quite wonky. I th- it feels more spiritual to be wonky than it is to be sort of uh, straight. <laughs> well, um, yeah, well, per- perfectly no, made. Yeah. Yeah. So if people want to see your work, because we've talked about your work and we've kind of described it for people's sort of minds to perhaps envisage, uh, but if they actually want to see it with their own eyes, where can they have a look at it? Okay, well, um, I have an Instagram page called King MJ Art, which people can join. That's really where I put where I put my art work on. I haven't yet worked out how to put my videos on there, to be honest. But yes, there's images of my work there at the moment. So that's where you can go. I haven't yet organized uh, websites or updated my websites, but I will do that. I think you could use a social media platform such as TikTok to get your work out there because it's a, it's so instant. Like, like you can literally make something within seconds and then it's out to, and then you hashtag it and it's out to, for scrutiny <laughs> to millions of strangers around the world. It's a very odd thing. And so it's, it's an interesting thing for where art and performance can meet. It's an, it's an interesting okay. place for that. So, um, yeah, I've heard of just, TikTok, uh, but I haven't, haven't, haven't got a TikTok account or anything, but I've, I've only just discovered it three weeks ago. I warn you now, it's terribly addictive, a massive waste of time, <laughs> but also extremely creative. It's got this sort of odd, odd thing going on. So. Yeah, I'm interested to see where the world takes social media and how art kind of meets those two places. And will you be getting your textiles, as in, because we talked about earlier that you like to make uh, yeah. knit and you've been making and you've made me lovely tank tops and some of the most precious bits of clothing, which I which I own, to be honest. I just love them ever so much. Does your textile, will your textile work become a part of your um, your performance art and your, and your work in general? Well, it has really. I mean, I have made uh, quite a few of my own costumes. I mean, uh, I did a piece where I was in the 18th century and I was walking through different paintings in the 18th century. Um, I wanted to make an 18th century jacket and at university I was told that I just couldn't do that and why not try something else. And being told I couldn't do that made me want to just do it. So I just did it, I made it, and I did it on my own just by using a jacket to, to cut the pattern round. And I made my own jacket, trousers, ruffles, everything for that. And character I play called Misinformation, I made a dress, I made a top and science fiction guns and a hat. And yeah, so I have made, I do make my own costumes. I haven't put my knitting in. My first year, I put my knitting in my work, but that was before I did performances. But I haven't put any knitting in there. But yes, I would like to explore that element, definitely putting my knitting in the, um, into one of the performances. Yeah, I've got an idea now. I've just said that. Yeah, for it. Excellent. <laughs> I, I became quite obsessed previously in scores and grades and 
wanting to impress computers and wanting them to think what I did was really good and, and sort of became a bit panicked about whether things are really good or whether, whether I'm going to do well and that sort of thing. Uh, but I have to say this semester, um, I was just told to relax was the word I was told to more about the fun and enjoying the work and thinking, I don't care anymore what people think, what, what score I'm going to get or what they're going to say about my work. I'm just going to make what I really want to make. And I felt like a rebel. I felt like I just want to make something really, really bad on purpose. And so the initial stuff I made during lockdown is quite, isn't the best quality work, but it's kind of like done on purpose. My ideas were just flowing so much during lockdown. I just went out and just filmed them anyway, no matter what equipment I had, I just filmed them. And that is kind of a reference to the fact that, you know, we we were restricted and stuck on what we could use and couldn't use. And there was a lot of anxiety and stress going on. And that's reflected in the quality of that, that early work during the semester. But I felt a lot more relaxed. I mean, there is still an element of, well, I, want, I want this and I want that for me now, but it's a lot less than it was this semester because I just wanted to enjoy the degree, whatever I've got left. Not worrying about scores and percentages and things. That really pleases me. I really like that. It pleases them, I think, yeah. as well. Yeah. <laughs> so if people want to see what you do, uh, where you do it, will people be allowed, allowed to watch the exhibition uh, of the forthcoming, um, your final show? Um, it's not actually going to be a show. It, it's just an assessment thing. So it's not going to be available to the public. It's just for the tutors, basically. Um, um, there is a possibility there may be an exhibition in London, we, we, we're just waiting to find out on that. But um, definitely, I'm sure at some point I will be in exhibitions. I am in an exhibition at the moment from my previous work called Collective Heart, and it's on uh, as a website called Art Space, and it's on there. It's called Creative Hearts. Artsteps.com is on a website, which is a really great website. It's where you can um, create a 3D gallery. Uh, to display your work and you can move around, you can set up tours and you can move around oh, wow. the gallery. Yeah. You look at people's work and anyone can set up this and it's completely free. Uh, and you can have it keep going for as long as you want. It's called collect, collective parts, H apostrophe and arts. So collective art. There, there is a video there. It's not really what I'm doing now, but it was what I was doing last semester. So you can look at that there on there. Um, and did your Instagram? Yes. My yeah then there's my instagram which is the main thing i put stuff on well thank you very much for joining us today on the stew simpson show it's been really nice for to catch up with me. you that's an absolute Indeed. pleasure it's uh, interesting to always just to come across and just talk to anybody who's uh, on their kind of the first steps into their um, new creative life yeah it's wonderful to see you again and uh, yeah keep on being creative and hopefully i'll see you on a film set sometime soon very soon i'm pretty sure yeah lots of love yeah, you too. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to the Stu Simpson Show. Hopefully Martin's story might inspire you on your own creative journey. Did you know that nuts aren't actually nuts? They're legumes. According to Marianne Webster, a nut is only a nut if it's a hard shell, dry fruit or seed with a separable rind or shell and interior kernel. That means walnuts, almonds, cashews and pistachios aren't nuts either. They're seeds. So, we might look nuts to you, but all we're doing... Is planting seeds really. So have a good time, stay safe, and you do you the best way that you know how. Namaste, dear friends. Take care. Thanks for listening. Bye.
Okay.